Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from Dante. An inmate at the Jackson Correctional Institution. All calls, other than properly placed attorney calls, may be monitored and recorded. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, press 2. If you would like to permanently block your number from receiving calls from this facility, press 6. For balance and rate quotes, press 7. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, press 2. If thank you for using CenturyLink. You may start the conversation now. Welcome to the Incarcerated U.S. Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Cottingham. This morning I'm speaking to Ms. Asora Cristino. She is the co-founder of an organization called Prisoner Abolitioner Prisoner Support, PAPS. Good morning, Ms. Crispino. Thank you so much for having me on, and good morning to you. Well, thank you. Um, you're welcome. I'd like to thank you for taking the time this morning. It's a lovely day I, to abolish prisons. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask you to get some perspective on um, some of the components of mass incarceration in America. But before we get to those, let's talk a little bit about PAPS. What inspires you to co-found it, and um, what is its mission? Well, our mission is to abolish prisons, and we do that by being a pen pal to prisoners organization. We also do peaceful street demonstrations. One of the things that you can find on our blog is a how to do a solitary confinement demonstration. So how okay. to recreate the space of a solitary confinement cell and prepare postcards and other literature so that people who are then passing by write to a specific person who is being held in solitary confinement. Um, but we also try to do advocacy work. But basically our approach is that the reason why we have prisons is because they function on the idea of out of sight and out of mind. And okay. so anytime you can get somebody to write to a prisoner, that really brings you in to that environment and builds connection. And that connection is going to be really the, the primary way that we're going to overcome mass incarceration. And, you know, if we save the post office along the way, that would be nice, too. No calls, other than properly placed attorney calls, may be monitored and recorded. Very interesting approach, very unique approach. And, and I can, I, I mean, I, I've been like there 20-some years, so over the years I've met a lot of people. Um, and the people that I corresponded with, definitely, that correspondence, that friendship, that definitely changed their perspective about prison. So um, I, I, that, that sounds like that could be a very effective method. Well, thank you. Uh, you had asked me personally how I got involved, and just very quickly, I became activated during the Occupy movement. You know, I am a college ethics professor by trade, and I had always thought of myself as woke, right, even before woke existed as a term, in the classroom, but I hadn't taken it to the street. And then Occupy happened, and to me that was an international call, and so I answered. Um, and after I watched 60 Riot Cops, sweep us off the plaza, right, sweep us off our space in City Hall, I realized that I was really scared of becoming arrested. And as a pacifist, I'm supposed to, you know, uh, break the law openly, lovingly, and willingly and be able to accept my punishment. And I thought, well, if I'm scared of going to prison, then I'm not willing to accept my punishment. And here we are almost six years later, and I'm still afraid of going to prison, and I think everybody should be. 
Um, but I feel like I handle that fear substantially better than I did six years ago. But that's how I started writing to people, was through the Occupy movement, wanting to support our prisoners. And then from there, I started writing to people who had been held in long-term solitary confinement. Hey, how, would you, uh, how would you describe like that? How would you, how would you describe that initial uh, experience? Uh, I mean, obviously, you're still connected to incarceration issues, so... So um, I, I would I would assume that 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 writing to people in prison had a transformative approach or a, a transformative effect on you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know that I was this committed to prison abolition. I mean, I identify as an anarchist, so of course I think of any government institution as ultimately needing to go. Uh, the post office can be last, but I wasn't really vested in it. And it's funny because I wrote my master's thesis on drug policy. I had made all these pretty charts about how racist drug policy was and how that racism could not be justified. But it wasn't until I started writing to prisoners who were on the inside for drug crimes that it became real to me that, oh my goodness, this is really a social evil that must be stopped immediately. Um, So that's part of the reason that I pushed those connection pieces so much. Because yeah. I can't say that I wasn't educated on these issues. I was, right? I mean, I made some right, charts right. <laughs> and put them in right, a right, right, right. But at the time, I was just looking at it as a hoop to jump through in order to graduate. I wasn't looking at it as, oh, my goodness, I have a moral responsibility to actively engage, to do something to resolve this issue. Absolutely. You get you kind of once you get those you uh, you get like a, you know like personal people's story you get connected to them it, it brings you real close to the issue and uh, it creates a, a degree of empathy that I, I, I don't think a lot of people would have otherwise. I think it's a great idea. Hopefully it works. Absolutely. So is, is perhaps a, a national organization or does it focus on a specific state or region? We are national. Um, We are small, so we tend to be more active in Texas, but we do support prisoners nationwide. And any prisoner can write to us, regardless of crime or affiliation or undesirability, and we will post them on our social media, and we are hopefully going to be unveiling our new website very soon. And then we try to help them get pen pals. Um, and we're very concerned about for-profit organizations that do the same thing. There's a, I won't mention them by name, but there's a, a company that you can pay $40. $40, right? That's a fortune for a prisoner to be listed on their website. Um, we may not necessarily yet get you as many pen pals as they do, but we are working on it and we're free. So any prisoner can write in basically just putting an introduction letter um, some people think of it as a dating service, which, how do I put this politely? If you find the love of your life across the razor wire, more power to you. That's one way to build connection. But we're not necessarily a dating service. Right, 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 right. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So if, all right, so if, 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 if somebody wanted to reach you, um, how, how, could, how, could, how could you be reached? Sure. The easiest way is to write us, 1321 Upland Drive, number 2395, Houston, Texas, 77043. Um, And that's our mailbox address. None of us are actually physically in Houston, but our centralized mailbox allows us to then forward the letters 
to individual pen pals. And if there are anybody who is listening who is interested in writing a prisoner but has not, either because they don't have an address, they're currently homeless, or they are concerned with their security and don't want to use their home address, have them please reach out to us uh, because by becoming a member of PATH, you can just use our address. And we have ways. And, and, I'll, and I'll be sure to uh, put all of that contact information along with this, this podcast as well. Great. Um, it's my understanding that PAPS is uh, currently working with some prisoners who are on lockdown in Florida. What's going on over in Florida? What is going on in Florida is insane. It's um, every single prisoner in the state of Florida is on lockdown. And okay. that announcement was made on Thursday that, um, and they're basically doing it preemptively because they're concerned, I guess, over prisoners joining in with the Millions for Prisoners March that is happening right now in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, and there has been some word that prisoners are planning on joining the resistance and PAPS will support them by whatever means they choose. If, uh, like last year, that includes work stoppages or hunger strikes, uh, we're okay with that. But Florida has decided that they don't want any of it. And we've seen this tactic before, specifically let me tell you very quickly the story of Rashid Johnson. So Rashid is originally from Virginia, but okay. on interstate compact, he was moved to Oregon and then to Texas, which is where I met him. I've been writing to him for two years. And last year, during the September 9th mobilization, uh, the unit that he was in in Texas, Clements unit, decided to preemptively go on lockdown on Labor Day. And as you know, lockdowns never happen on a holiday, right? They always right, have to be right. scheduled. And, and pre- let, right. let me just clarify. Excuse me. Let me just clarify real quick. But when you say preemptive, when you say preemptive, you mean that there was no incident, there was no, nothing uh, happened, no fight, no violence, or anything like that. They did it as a preemptive move, to the as a preemptive action. of the strike. Correct. Sir. Okay. So okay. The idea was that they claimed that it was regularly scheduled. Okay. Okay. But it happened at Clements Unit in Texas. It happened over a month before the regularly scheduled lockdown should have occurred, and it started mm-hmm. on a holiday. And Rashid really blew the whistle on that in the San Francisco Bay View. Quick shout out to them. They've been an absolute wonderful uh, publication for prisoner struggles. And, um, you know, he started facing some heavy retaliation for that. And he had, you know, four active lawsuits. And they started taking away his legal materials, claiming that those lawsuits were not active. And then it, there was this funny moment where I was on the phone with his warden, and then a day and a half later, Rashid was shipped off to Florida. Okay. So he is now one of the 97,000 prisoners who are on lockdown in Florida. We're still trying to get him and his legal materials in the same place. Um, uh, but it is interesting that you have a statewide lockdown. And we have heard rumors that Florida may not be the only state that has gone on full lockdown. So I have not been able to confirm rumors about South Carolina or Michigan. Um, So that's interesting. But basically what we're seeing is that prison officials are aware of the fact that prisoners know about Black August, that they're aware that today, August 19th, is the Millions for Prisoners March on Washington, D.C. for human rights and to amend the 13th Amendment abolish slavery once and for all, and that basically they want to make sure that no acts of resistance, whether they be nonviolent or, um, 
Right, 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 okay. That they're just not interested in having that occur. And I'll tell you, in Texas, these preemptive lockdowns last year were successful. By the time that Clement Sunit came off lockdown, there was sort of this idea of, oh, you know, the September 9th uprisings are over, and we're tired of being on lockdown anyway. We're not going to do anything. Um, so I hope that this doesn't break the spirit of Florida, that instead the prisoners realize, oh, my goodness, you know, 97,000 people just went on lockdown over very vague threats, right? They were basically saying, oh, there's a concern that a few prisoners may decide to become violent, so we've decided that we're putting the entire state on lockdown. Right, right, right. I got you. I got you. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, 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 uh, that's, 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 that's uh, unfortunately, that's the DOC in the United States uh, at its best or at its worst. It's also my understanding that PAPS have joined a coalition of other organizations to do a school surprise drive for students. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So our Millions for Prisoners rally happened last Saturday, right, the same day as the Charlottesville shooting, unfortunately. And, um, you know, obviously a quick shout-out to Heather Heyer and her family. May she rest in power. Um, but we decided to do a little bit of a twist. So we did a rally, and um, like I said, there was a large coalition of people who came on board, Inmate Lives Matter San Antonio, the Democratic Socialists of America of Austin joined us, uh, a lot of organizations, too many to name, um, but specifically Counterbalance ATX is one that I want to make sure to mention because uh, they and Sakima Man specifically said, look, let's not just have a rally where we stand in front of the building and say pretty things. Let's do something constructive to help break the chains of prison and specifically to go after the school-to-prison pipeline. And that's when Counterbalance ATX launched uh, the first annual school supply drive for children on the east side who basically are at risk of becoming incarcerated. So our rally included the ask that people bring school supplies to the rally. And in addition, many businesses in Austin came on board to be school supply drop-off centers so that people who couldn't make the rally could still volunteer in this very tangible thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the rally was successful in that endeavor. I mean, we had a huge box, and just from the rally itself, um, it was completely full of yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're putting the backpacks together pretty much right now, which is why our event had to happen earlier than everybody else's. Um, but and they gathered a lot of money as well. So we'll know for sure probably by Monday how many uh-huh. backpacks were put together for the kids. But it's looking like it was a really successful school supply drive event. And real quick, one other thing that we did that was a little different from the other events and demonstrations around the country is we had – pre-addressed and pre-stamped postcards to various prisoners um, that were basically featured in the rally, right? So Greg Curry, for example, out of Ohio, we had a recording of him and he spoke um, and, you know, various prisoners, Jeremy Hammond's mom came out to the rally. So we had flyers and postcards for him, um, Rashid Washington, excuse me, Rashid Johnson, Keith Washington, um, Malik Washington, I mean, we had postcards for them. And it was probably over 100 postcards that we had pre-addressed to the various prisoners. Oh, uh, really? That's a, um, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 
that's, you know, by the time that we went to pack up and go home, every single postcard that we had prepped was taken, um, you know, along with a lot of the flyers. And, and that's a and that's a big deal. That's that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's that can make people's day. That can make people's month. That can make people's year. That's a it's a huge deal in a in a in a in a, in a beautiful gesture. No question about it. And for our listeners who who like to support the school the school supply drive, how do they get involved with that? Sure. My suggestion would be to go to Counterbalance ATX's website, and we can make okay. that URL available. And there is information there and on their Facebook page. Okay. And, I, and I'll be sure to, uh, to make sure those um, that information is attached as well. Um, so real quickly, before unfortunately, 20 minutes go by so fast. And but I want, so I want to make sure I ask you a couple more questions. What do you, what do you, from your perspective, what do you need? What, what do PAPs need to to realize this mission? To uh, make this vision come true? What, what, what do you guys need? So obviously, the coalition is coming around to amend the 13th Amendment. Right? And yeah. I think that that's a good legal goal. But I put this from the perspective that what keeps prisons going is the idea that if you and I have a problem, right, if something's happened between us, if we have beef, the only way for that to be resolved is for one of the two of us to go away. Whether right. that means that I have to die or I have to go to prison or I have to go over there somewhere where the bad people go. And we're really based in this idea of restorative justice and transformative justice and the idea that when something bad happens to you, that that is an opportunity for you to transform that All calls, that other than properly placed attorney calls, may be monitored and recorded. Please continue. That, that's um, an opportunity to transform the conflict and to recognize that the community is involved in that conflict, right? If I okay. come up and I deck you out of nowhere... That's probably because I was raised in an environment where that kind of violence makes sense, and because okay. I wasn't taught about nonviolent conflict resolution. You, you were trained, you were molded, you were sculpted to respond that way. But, but what do, what would you say that PAPS needs specifically to, to, to realize your mission? I mean, is, is it people? Do you need uh, uh, contacts? Do you need resources? What do you, what would you say that you guys need specifically? Sure, more letter writers would be at the very top of our list, more people on the outside that are interested in writing to pen pals, more prisoners who want pen pals, um, but really more letter writers on the outside. We're in the process of incorporating as a 501c3. Once we do that, then we'll be able to start accepting donations, but we haven't really rolled out that part of it yet. Um, And also just more people to support prisoners in ways other than writing a letter, right? being willing to do legal research or being willing to call in for urgent calls to action, right, because we do those periodically for the various prisoners that we work with. Um, You know, and we want people to understand, like, you can write a postcard once and just be aware of the fact that that's okay. Just let the person that you're writing to know, hi, I'm just calling to give you a quick shout-out. Or if you're interested in becoming a pen pal for the next five years, great, fantastic. We need you, too. Um. Okay, and 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 because I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm not going to ask that question because I think it's, I mean, I, I, especially with a mission like um like like Pat's um. We I, have one minute I, left. I, I want you guys to be successful. <laughs> Unfortunately, you said one minute. I I had a couple questions that I wanted to ask you about mass incarceration. Um, uh, your perspective. So I, I didn't get a chance to ask you, which means that we have to have a part two. 
So I would love to uh, to invite you back and uh, go over a couple more questions with you. Uh, but it was a pleasure, and I would like to thank you for taking the time to talk to me oh, this morning. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm so excited about recording a part two. That makes me really happy. Don't tell and me that, or I might go really slow, and then we'll have to have a part three. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You have a beautiful day. Thank you again uh, for, for taking the time. And, we'll, and I will, we will be in contact with you. We set up another time and have another great discussion. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me out. And people, check out iheartpaps.com or .org. This, you're welcome. This is, uh, this is Dante signing off with the Incarcerate U.S. Podcast. Thank you for using the place where all of my voices come together. Goodbye. Goodbye.